This is Apathy Hour. Today on Apathy Hour, we learn about dental technique that's more effective but less commonly used. Let's get started. Starting off with your life pro tip, posted by user Unwanted Jason, being alone and feeling like you have no one to talk to is still better than constantly being around toxic slash negative people. This is referring to individuals who are able to leave those toxic slash negative people. Toxic slash negative people are like an anchor to you and your life will pretty much be slow torture when you're with them. Most people will find it easier to eventually talk to new people or to seek help, but this is a lot harder to do so when you're with toxic slash negative people for various reasons. As hard as it is for some to leave these type of people, your life will be far better without them. There's also a trigger warning that OP added. From personal experience, I can say that for some people with suicidal and or self-harming thoughts, etc. Personally, I feel that it may be that these toxic slash negative people are a temporary lifeline, so this may not apply to everyone for other reasons too. I'd have to agree that cutting out negative people from your life can be much more beneficial for your mental health, your emotional well-being, and for your overall positive progression in life. It may seem lonely or counterproductive to be alone and cut certain people out of your life, but in reality, it can be much more helpful being alone and able to actually get things taken care of to focus on yourself and what makes you happy and what you want to get out of life more so than how to maintain a friendship with someone who may be holding you back. I've personally had friends in my life where, now looking back, have actually been more of a hindrance to me when it came to making bigger decisions that I thought they were helping with. Granted, as long as we have the agency to do so, we make our own decisions and we have to take responsibility for those decisions and the consequences they may have. So despite someone else's guidance or advice, we're still responsible for the choices that we make. However, I can say that some choices that I've made in the past may have been different if I didn't have a negative or toxic friend trying to guide me in one direction when if I were making the decision alone, I probably would have made the decision differently for myself and what I thought would have been better for my future. The top comment posted by user Outrageous Poet, I agree. I knew leaving my toxic ex was the best thing to do. Even though I'm lonely, at least I can love myself and work on improving. Very difficult to improve when you're next to toxicity all the time. Our next story comes from Am I the Butthole? Posted by user SimpleGuy6. Am I the Butthole for not allowing my girlfriend's sister to move in and changing the locks? So a really messy situation I'm a 27-year-old male, and I've been dating my girlfriend, Ashton, who's a 26-year-old female, for two years, and we live in the house that I own. Ashton's finishing up her master's program, so I don't charge her rent. 
I pay for all the housing expenses, and in return, she chips in on groceries, utilities, and some of the household chores. But I paid a lion's share of all household expenses. I'm cool with the situation until she graduates, and we have always communicated well until now. Ashton has a hot mess of a sister named Anna. She's a 28-year-old female. Anna has burned most of her bridges with her family. She has two kids by two different dads, been married and divorced twice, hops from one sketchy boyfriend to another, always in and out of work, always complaining about her situation instead of actually doing anything to solve it. I gave up on her last year when she dated this loser who obviously didn't like kids, and she kept dating him against me and her sister's advice. Well, she moved into his place, and this Saturday we got a call that they were breaking up and she had nowhere to go this time. She hadn't been working and didn't have rent money. Ashton asked me if we could take them in. I said, absolutely not. Her sister was a leech. And also, I didn't want kids in my house. I work from home half the time and don't want three extra people in my space. Also, I don't want to get involved with her sister at all. I've supported her plenty over the last few years, rides, babysitting, etc., and I'm done. My girlfriend didn't take this well and said she would help her sister if she could. I said, fine, let me know where you take her and I'll bring by some food, but it won't be my house. My girlfriend tried saying it was her house too. I said when she started paying the mortgage, she can decide who lives here. So her sister tried calling me individually. I told her the same reasons and told her I'd bring food by when she finds a place. I also gave her the number of multiple organizations that could help her. She got offended. Well, I was at work yesterday, sales, and I noticed on my ring camera Anna slash her kids unlocking my front door with a bag on her shoulder. I called my girlfriend and asked her immediately what was going on. She said Anna needed a place to go for a few hours while her ex moved out of the apartment. I asked how she got into the house as I locked it. Ashton said she made Anna a key months ago in case she ever needed it to get in. I was furious and told her to tell Anna to get out or I'd be calling the cops. Ashton called and Anna left, not before calling me an a-hole. So I decided today to change the locks and get a new garage access code. Ashton will have to request access through the garage and I will give access. Ashton is upset. But I told her that this is going to be the way it is until her sister finds a place. Because I can't trust I won't come home and find two kids and a woman living in my house. Am I the butthole? So here's my thoughts on the situation. I think this one is kind of cut and dry. You're not the butthole. Your house, your rules. Now, yes, your girlfriend and you have been together for so long that she may feel that she has some ownership of that home as well. However, it's still your home. And this kind of situation is something that can make or break a relationship and probably should give you a moment to reflect on whether or not this relationship is something that's going to be working long term. I say this primarily because of the fact that it seems like you're girlfriend or Ashton has this sense of entitlement to things that belong to you just because she's been in a relationship with you for a long time. If being in a relationship with someone for a while meant that you could just take ownership of anything that you used together or shared, 
that could set a dangerous precedent where people would be able to date someone just to acquire things that they have and claim it for themselves as their own. I know technically it sounds pretty similar to what a gold digger would do, but actually it seems worse because instead of like a gold digger, they're trying to get something that's new or trying to give you get you to give them things that's new. This person is trying to be with someone just to get the things that they have and claim it for themselves. That's worse than a gold digger. That's like a home digger. They're trying to take from you things that you have in your home to have for themselves, whether intentionally or unintentionally. It's still bad. That sense of entitlement is a huge red flag, OP. Imagine how horrible it would be going through a divorce with that kind of person. I get it that Ashton wants to help her sister, but you're not obligated to do anything that you're not comfortable with, especially if you've already tried to help her in the past. Even the top comment posted by user V2Then states that you're not the butthole, and in my opinion, you need to think seriously about your relationship with Ashton. The fact that she went behind your back is a major red flag. My final verdict is you're not the butthole, but I'd like to know what you guys think. Send me some feedback and tell me what your thoughts are with the contact information in the show notes. And finally, you should know. Posted by user Sir Yandi. You should know don't rinse your mouth immediately after brushing. Not with water or mouthwash. It washes off the fluoride. Brush your teeth as normal and then spit out as much of the foam as you can. Don't rinse or drink anything for 10 minutes. Also, don't use mouthwash after brushing at all. It generally has lower concentrations of fluoride than toothpaste, so you're still diluting any fluoride left in your mouth. You can use mouthwash at lunchtime if you can't brush. Why you should know? Rinsing your mouth with water or mouthwash right after brushing dilutes the concentrated fluoride remaining from your toothpaste. This needs time to soak into your teeth. That's a helpful tip and news to me. I'm so used to brushing my teeth and then rinsing, spitting it all out and then rinsing it with water and then after that using a little bit of mouthwash and then holding that in for a while and then spitting that out. And I know that my wife even will rinse her mouth with water after the mouthwash as well, but it sounds like we should hold it in a little bit longer just to keep that fluoride in. Good to know. I know this seems like a very mundane topic. I know like how exciting tooth maintenance, but in reality, your, uh, your mouth and your dental hygiene are very important for your health and wellness long-term. I've worked with the elderly quite a bit, and one of the biggest things that I noticed that they are concerned about is either the loss or restoration of their teeth because they see the value in it, especially when they're at a point where they're no longer able to have any foods with any type of crispness to it. It's only soft foods or things that they could use implants or dentures for at some point and implants are very expensive so the more you can keep your original teeth healthy and strong the better trust me welcome back 
it's 546 right now. For years, dentists have used amalgamate fillings to prevent decay. In fact, millions of Americans have the fillings. But now the FDA is looking into whether they're really safe since they contain mercury. Today in the base, Tracy Potts is live in Washington this morning with the very latest for us. Good morning. Laura, good morning. 50% mercury in those silver fillings, and we've known that for some time. We also know that mercury is a toxin. It has been linked to Alzheimer's, autism, nervous system problems, and now the FDA, for the second time in two years, will be taking a close look at the effect on women and children. There have been studies that found that women with silver fillings can pass that mercury through the placenta on to the fetus, but there have also been government-funded studies that found no harmful effects on children. So they're going to be taking a look at all of this new information to determine if last year's ruling that these silver fillings are safe still stands. This could be a particular problem in California because only 20% of Californians on public water systems have fluoride in their water. Less fluoride, more possible cavities, more fillings. That meeting with the FDA, it's an FDA advisory panel, starts today, it lasts through tomorrow, and then at some point later, the FDA will decide whether or not to change that ruling from last year. Live from Capitol Hill, I'm Tracy Potts. Back to you, Laura. Thanks for the latest, Tracy. And as she mentioned, fluoride can prevent cavities and the need for fillings in the first place. A lot of people assume that their tap water has fluoride added, but as you also heard, that's not necessarily the case, especially in California. And today in the base, Chris Sanchez is live in Los Altos this morning with a fuss over fluoride. Chris? Good morning to you, Brent. I think that a lot of folks would think, what's the big deal? But as you mentioned, the big deal is that the fluoride has to be added in, though it is a naturally occurring element, not at the levels that prevent tooth decay. So that's the discussion that's going to be happening here in Los Altos tonight. It is a study session, so no vote, just a lot of information. Los Altos is considering whether to add 0.7 to 1.2 parts per million, or PPM, which is the level credited with the decline in tooth decay. Now, this community gets its water from Cal Water and the Silicon Valley Water District, which don't add fluoride. About 70% of communities nationwide have fluoride in the water, but because of our kind of complex water system here in California, only about 30% of folks have access to fluoridated water from their public supply. Now, the pros are a decrease in cavity by strengthening the teeth, the uh, enamel on the teeth. One in three children are starting kindergarten already with tooth decay or cavities, according to the Santa Clara County Supervisor, Liz Niss, who is leading the fluoride charge. A review in 2000 found roughly a 40% decrease in the number of cavities by adding fluoride to the water. Now, among the cons, though, too much fluoride can stain the teeth, which is not harmful, but it is permanent, and a lot of folks don't like how it looks. Some experts say that while fluoride increases bone density, it does not reduce the risk of fracture, so there's no benefit there. And in cases of overfluoridation, people have gotten sick with nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Now, there is a California law that requires communities to put fluoride in the water supply when there is money available. So, obviously, in our tough budget times, that money has not been available in a lot of communities. So, there had, the debate has ended there. But there is a public trust out of Campbell that is aiming to raise the $4.5 to $9.4 million it would take to fluoridate the water in Santa Clara County. So we'll see what happens here in Los Altos. If you want to come to the study session, it is at 6 o'clock here at the Council Chambers on San Antonio Road. In Los Altos, Chris Sanchez, Today in the Bay. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate it. That does it for this episode of Apathy Hour. I hope you guys enjoyed it and learned something potentially as well. Look out for new content and episodes. And yeah, thanks for listening.